Previously on the Simon and Ross podcast. It was it was the best social, social, spiritual and sexual experience. I knew that was going. I knew that was going. <laughs> you see it. You see it coming. From a mile yeah, away. That was part of the problem. <laughs> so, you're, you're still the only man I've ever met who can have one leg on the head draw and the other one in head <laughs> Have you ever thought? Have you ever thought of professionally limboing? Uh, I, I think I have to consider that. Yeah, you could do it. Where's your right foot? It's on a bus, just getting further away. <laughs> do you still want to buy this camera? Is this more convincing? Shall I get lower? <laughs> this, baby, this, this baby can go skipped on it if it needs to. <laughs> When my balls touch the floor, the deal is done. <laughs> the deal is done. <laughs> it's like and this is going to happen in one. <laughs> like two egg time. <laughs> it's hard uh, to make a clues off the top of your head. Yeah. <laughs> no, I Lord and ends with rings. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> It starts with starts with super, ends with man. Blue suit, red cape. What are you saying? <laughs> Don't I remember like one of the Bridget Jones films? I remember because I've only ever seen the first one. But I remember I feel like one of them like had the a name. One of them had a name. It was like Bridget Jones something, and the name made it sound like a fucking Mission Impossible film or something. The uh, Edge like of Reason. Re- the world, the world, like... Uh, it the Edge of Reason. The Edge of Reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it could be a James Bond film, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just Renny Zellberger morning again. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Franks, number four. That sound is definitely not related whatsoever to the film. It can be used as a clue. We've mentioned the director many times. I think well, at least a couple of times um, since since we started the podcast. Um, and um, it is a film that probably I've mentioned to you two guys many times because I've watched it. I don't know, uh, maybe 20 times, maybe, probably more. And um, it's quite a fairly, you know, it's, it didn't come out in 1990. <laughs> it came out in... I'm going to need a better clue than that. <laughs> 2010. 2010 is one of my favourite directors. Um, it's a very famous director. Is it Chris Nolan film? Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> Uh, you know that you know why I don't want to because yeah. Anyways, go ahead, Ross. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's, it is inception. Yes. <laughs> it is inception. <laughs> I, I think we, uh, I've, I don't know many times I've um, talked about this film. Maybe at work or you know any any any. I just know that you um of out of out of a lot of people. Um, you know, like someone might say, oh yeah, that's my favourite film. And they might have seen it three times. 
if something's your favorite film, you have seen it 20 times. Yeah. And I know, and, uh, and because of that, because I know how often you watch things, obviously if you watch some of that many times, it's going to factor into your conversation a lot. That's why I talk about Spice Girls so often. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's becoming part of your life. But are, you, that, are, you, are you wanting our next special to just be about Spice World? Is that what you're asking, Ross? Finally, Simon. I just <laughs> bring the idea to me. You, you had to bring the idea to me. Oh, I could have to sit through meatloaf being a bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> sit through Richard D. Grant being a manager. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. So Inception. Um, yes, yeah. definitely Inception. Quality quality film. And it's probably one that a lot of people forget Tom Hardy is actually in. Yeah, he is I in. Um, he's, he, he does that sometimes. I, I, I also think um, that... Uh, one of my, it's not, it's not in my top five, it's not even in my top ten, but one of my favourite films is Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy is in yeah. a and, and Tom Hardy was yeah. in that. You know, Tom Hardy was in that too, and a lot of people, you know, he's, he's not a main sort of character. Anyway, back to back to Nolan and Inception. Simon, I, don't re- I don't remember him being in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy at all. He was the blonde guy who was having an affair with the Russian girl. Yeah. And he, he was the one who originally found out that there was a, a, a rat in the circus, in the upper echelon of the circus. No, I don't remember him in that at all. Yeah. yeah. And actually, now that you've said it, um, I think tomorrow we'll watch, uh, again, Tinker Taylor. T- um, uh, I forgot the title. Go on. No, go on. Can't say it. Tinker Taylor uh, Spy. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. There you go, Simon. That's Tom Hardy. Oh, of course, yeah. As well as Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, yeah I remember him being in it. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Tom Hardy, he plays a character, actually. He, he's the one who first comes across the information, and he's trying to find a way to get the message up to the circus. Oh, um, yeah, without, right, okay. without, if you're trying to get a message across to the higher top tier of the circus, but one of them is a spy, uh, one of them is a Russian spy. Then who do you tell it to? So, mm, so he he yeah. had that. It was a really. What I mean, have you read the book? Has anybody read the book? Uh, no, I read the fucking the, book, please. The books. I remember. I remember it, it is. It is based on on the books. And um, I remember you telling me, Frank, we're going to watch this film tonight. <laughs> um, you have to pay attention because it's <laughs> I, 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 word for word. It's, it's, exactly it's it complex. <laughs> but you gotta like it. <laughs> <laughs> and that being said, with you standing naked in front in the middle of the living room. <laughs> That's <laughs> That's <him. laughs> yeah. quality film, great book. Um but we we we, yeah. we, we digress. Um Simon, you like Inception, right? You haven't watched Inception. Uh, no, I've, I've watched Inception, it. I, I have. I have watched it a couple of times. Um, right. I, I, I think it was. Oh, uh, I'm gonna. Mm. Ups, I might upset you all, so I don't want. No, to, no, no. I, I think. I think. See my previous answer to to the Matrix. I think it was maybe trying to be a little bit too clever, but I thought it was fascinating, uh, and I thought it was really well done. Um, I, I'd wa- I'd watch Inception over the Matrix. A hundred times out of a hundred, I thought it's, it was Inception was like a thinking a thinking person's film for the layman. I thought, yeah, 
and it, it does explain everything that's going on you explain that they're going yeah. you know they're going under again and they're going further down and every time they explain it really well so, <laughs> yeah. so there's no confusion in, in regards to it at all um uh, but you know that on, on the last episode of this podcast that that came out we talked about inception and and you you pronounced that you um, hated films that left it up for interpretation at the end, if you remember. Mm. And I asked you about Inception, and you said no. What I, what I said was complete bollocks. <laughs> so you know. So and, and and unfortunately, I agree with with you when you said what you said, but didn't agree with it. Uh, I think the fact that you, I, I like the fact that you don't see the spinny top stop, but you want to know. Well, I I always feel like it's. Uh... It's a little bit of a cop out. Cop out. It's like you've got the writers sitting down and they're going, right, final scene, guys. Yeah. Thinking, yeah, you think it's real. He spins the top and then we don't know if the spinning top is going to continue going or yeah. stop. They're all like, right, 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 yeah, yeah. And then he goes, and then cut to black. <laughs> and it's like, oh, right, I thought you. I thought you were going to go sort of a bit further, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it just feels um, like it feels like they can't decide. So yeah. just, and it's like, uh, yeah, I'd um, like some closure. Please. Yeah, I'd, um, I don't know how you feel about it, but um, at least you know, um, I, 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 I like directors that um, end um, a film with an open question, because they. Um, they want to leave you sort of like the taste of the film rather than, you know, um, give you a very clear ending that resolves all the questions. And to his credit, you know, relate, related to what we said about The Matrix being a standalone film, uh, maybe Nolan could have done a second uh, film about Inception. He and could, then Simon would prefer the second one, but bits and he, <laughs> yes, but to, to, Your his point? Credit, <laughs> to his credit, he, he didn't. And I think this is something that um, uh, Nolan does to an extent in every single film uh, he's um, directed. He likes to um, make films with an open ending. So it keeps the, um, um, the, the public guessing. Um, and it also raises the tension. So, you know, you, you go and you, you watch the film again because you want to try to understand things that the first time you didn't, you didn't see. Uh, and this is something that um, describes me. So, you know, it's, I, I like to go back onto things to try and see whether um, in this particular case, a film, raises more questions to me because just just maybe because I'm watching the, the same film in a different period of my life. So it will have a different effect on me because it just will just speak with a different part of me. Um, and um, this is this is why Nolan is one of my, you know, it, it made it into the top five because he's one of those directors that um, goes too far when he wants to make very, very clever films but it keeps you guessing. It makes you ask questions. So it's an active uh, experience. Experience, and I really liked, you know, I really like this um, expression. It's not a passive experience where you know you just go to the cinema, 
just to kill some time. No, you go to cinema because that will make you a better person. That will make you richer. And I think Nolan, with all the criticism um, that you know we can make, but um, it's one of those directors that can achieves that. Yeah, I don't know how you feel about it. Um, how do you feel about Memento? Memento, actually, I struggled a lot in the, and I just didn't include. It, it made my, definitely my top 20, but um, I didn't feel I wanted to, you know, continue with it because um, 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 I feel like Inception had a bigger, a bigger impact. It was way more interesting, maybe for the topic, maybe because they, they talk about dreams in what dreams are like and uh, how powerful a dream can be and the different levels. So time changes uh, depending on the level you're dreaming. Um, but Memento didn't make it, uh, although I really, really liked the structure, which is not a chronological old structure, but it's something new in cinema because he just um, moved the- It's a non-linear narrative. It's not even uh, thank you. Thank I'm you. I'm so waiting for that. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I th you. But I, I also, uh, non, uh, non, Memento was, it was so different when it came out as well. I, th yeah. I think it's, it's tricky when you, you probably couldn't do a film like that now because we've seen mm. all that before. We've oh. seen it, we've seen it many, many times now. But I think certainly at the time, again, that was a similar sort of time, wasn't that? About 2000 or so. Um, it is around that time. Uh, and I, th I think it, it, the fact was you had no idea really that anything like that could be made. Why, why would you make a film backwards? Uh, you know, so although they probably didn't, they, they will have done it the other way around. But you know, why, why would you show a film backwards? Not very odd. Um, and it's it's strange. Inception is an odd one. I, I sat there. I think I probably sat there mostly confused about what was going on for most of it. Yeah. The second time I, I maybe got it a bit more. Yeah. And, uh, but then I wanted the answer. I wanted to know at the end. Um, sometimes I try not to ask the film to give me answers um, and concentrate more on the um, emotional side. So what, how I feel about it okay. and what the questions that particular film uh, raises without, you know, me be me, me, without me trying to understand exactly the message of the film, because maybe Nolan doesn't want to do that. Nolan is doing on purpose, is hiding on purpose the message. Um, and when we approach his films trying to find an answer, that's a wrong approach. Um, at least that's the way I, I um, approach is uh, production. Um, uh, for example, in, uh, to, to give you know, more grounds to what, I, what I'm saying, uh, his last film, Tenet, um, I didn't like it as much as um, um, Inception. Not because I'm trying, you know, because I finished the film and I said to myself, well, I didn't understand absolutely nothing. No, it's because I, maybe I think he went too far trying to overcomplicate things. Right, okay. To know how to move forward with this kind of films. So I tried to just overcomplicate. Have you, have you guys watched Tenet? No, uh, uh, no, no none of you. Uh, watch it. Um, it's, it's a very, very Nolan 
Nolan type of film. And on this, um, I think it was two years ago or maybe maybe three years ago. And this is something I haven't told you. I, I was traveling. I was traveling to the UK from Spain to the UK, and I was in uh, Madrid airport waiting for the gate to open. And I was sat on the floor. Um, I think I was checking on my phone, etc. I don't know what I was doing. Maybe masturbating in front of. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was there, you know, waiting waiting for the gate to open, and I. I refuse to fly economy unless I'm going to see a, a masturbating Italian. <laughs> That's actually <laughs> you will never forget about you will never forget that. Would all masturbating Italians please go to gate three? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I um, started a conversation with uh, a woman, an American woman. We talked about, you know, our professional life, what we do for work, etc. And then we started talking, eventually we started talking about films. And she said, uh, you know that I am, I'm, I'm traveling to the UK because then I have to go to Italy where my husband is filming um, a new film, well, help, um, helping Christopher Nolan uh, with the direction of his new uh, film, Tenet. And I said, oh, wow, yes, well... So tell me, tell me more about this. And she said that her husband is the um, CGI effect manager of all Nolan's films. <laughs> and she started, you know, to make reference to uh, the different locations where they've filmed. Yeah, uh, you obviously continued masturbating. All the I, <laughs> of course, of course, with more, with more intensity than you when... Tell me more. Did she say when you finish, then this conversation's <laughs> over? In true Nolan fashion, I left her uh, wondering whether or not I actually ejaculated. <laughs> I thought that was a nice touch. <laughs> just staring at the end, just waiting. Just, just waiting. Just, just, just waiting, waiting for just, that moment. Just, as, as, as she reached the third level. I met, this, I met this Italian guy in the airport and we had a really good conversation. But you know what the best thing he did? He was stroking it the entire time. And I couldn't tell you if he ejaculated or not. And I was staring right in the eye. I was given, right it's the, given me a great idea for a the, the grunting was getting more and more intense. I'm, but I'm then, as, I was, as I was watching it, everything faded to black. I have no idea. <laughs> so, number three. Number three, Simon Francesco is number three. <laughs> right, this has been it's very, very difficult. It's been very, very difficult, and still, it's very difficult. Um, because I had to make you know some rejections that I don't necessarily like, but yeah, that's that's the way it is. But for me, it's not like a complete rejection because maybe in in next week I would say right now I want this other movie as my number three. We're not yeah. doing it again next week. 
Are we not? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be forever. <laughs> Shit. Uh, I, did, down I, sh I um, should have made. I should have made a better. better this, is legacy, this. this is my legacy. Etched this is in my time. Legacy. This. It's our tombstone. This. Actually, I was watching. I uh, was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast yesterday, and it has been said uh, that yeah. Today we when we do something, it feels like this is going that is going to be our legacy because it's going to be recorded on every um social media. You know, yeah. when you say something, it doesn't have the same feeling as before that it could be forgotten. Today is you know, you say something is gonna be remembered for the rest of your life, which anyway, it doesn't tie in with what we're talking about. Try saying that after five episodes. <laughs> 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 Ross changed his mind within six minutes, so you know there's nothing, nothing set in stone. I mean, you've 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 met me <laughs> saying saying something and then waiting for a bit and say, "Well, I'm not sure anymore." So <laughs> I'm kind of the same, right? So my number top number three, my podium. Yes. So bronze position. It was released. I mean, you got to appreciate I didn't include any Italian movie because I wanted to make my top five international movies. Okay. Directors, international directors that I like. So no Italian films whatsoever? Uh, I might just giving you a clue that. No, actually, yes. Okay. But wait a moment. Okay. It, what I'm trying to say is there could have been more Italian films if this was an Italian top five movies. Okay. Right. So... Um, the film was released in 1968. Okay. Um, it was big. You're very, very big at the time because of the way they filmed it, with how clever they were to recreate things that at the time uh, it, it couldn't it couldn't be done with CGI effect. But still, it were the 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 result was absolutely. Great. Um, and just let's leave it at that. Let's see how you, what will you think about the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, so, all right, so, so name, a name a film that was made in 1968, basically. Is that what you're trying yeah, to say to us? That's what I've tried to say. I'm just thinking of um, films that were groundbreaking or, or, you know, again, using how I know you to think about directors that you like. I'm, go I'm just going to take a wild guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, is it is it uh 2001 space odyssey oh, I, you see yes it is <laughs> yes it is 1968 that was yeah. the film uh that it was groundbreaking and kubrick is definitely a director that i would include in any any top list that i would do and from this point of view i would agree with you i would you know um it's complicated not to include him uh because you know his photography was great and the the, the concept it's it's always this this is the message i want to pass on is are the concepts that make a film very very big for me and then of course how much i enjoy it and the photography etc but the concepts are just um in, in that film are just amazing and mind-blowing just think and, and monoliths are actually appearing now <laughs> And monoliths are actually a <laughs> actually good point. That's actually a good, very, very good point. Um, and, um, and, and, monkeys, yeah. and monkeys like Ross are using, are using knives and forks now. So, you know, it's all good. Mm. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you two watched it. Um, oh. 
Uh, how many times you watched it? How did you find it? It's still very confusing. Well, it- I, I, first time I watched it, I, I watched it because of uh, the, the sort of Star Wars influence. And yeah. I thought this is going to be like Star Wars. And I, I couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> um, it's, um, I, I think I watched I, I, the video shop that I've discussed. I used to um, get videos out that I shouldn't have done. But I, I remember getting 2001 and watching it. And I must have been seven uh, when I got it. Um, and I knew it was good, but... I was so confused. It, it was, it was literally like, it was, it was literally like a passive experience. Like you said, I, I was just watching all these things happen. And all I did. I, yeah. The colors. And I had no idea what I was watching. I knew it was brilliant, but I, I, I my brain was too tiny to, to, get anywhere near it but i also knew i loved it um and at the end um because also 2010 i think had just come out um and and i'd been i'd been to see 2010 before i'd seen 2001 Uh, and i I remember enjoying 2010 it's basically jaws in space um 2010 and it's terrible (laughs) but but because uh, david comes back to see the guy in 2010 and it actually sort of explains a little bit about 2001 but obviously it was explaining in a film that i'd never seen so then i watched 2001 and realized that i still didn't understand any of it and like you say that the fact that it was filmed in 1968 yeah is mind-blowing you, you know if you if you get a if you get a 4k version of it now it looks like it could be made it, it could have just been released this week. Um, it's so it's almost timeless in regards to that. The only thing yeah. that sort of gives things away is you know the the bits in in the middle where you know Leonard Rossiter's got flares on. That sort of ties it to a time. But apart from that, that's a, about it. Um, the music's fantastic. It's if you watch it now. You know, they, they even have the intermission in the middle of it. I don't know if you've seen that version. Yes, I've seen that version. And it, you just, you just like, right? Yeah. I, I'm just looking at a blank screen now, <laughs> but yeah. I, I couldn't take my eyes off it. <laughs> it was just so, so weird. And, and you're thinking, you know, what? I actually do want a chalk ice. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know where's, the, where's the lady with the chalk ices on a tray? Um, <laughs> um, particularly on this point, um, I was thinking about it this week because I watched it again. Mm. Um, try to imagine, I mean, the, the way I've, 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 I've tried to understand that part where, you know, basically you are you're just watching a blank screen and nothing happens. Yeah. Um, try to imagine yourself into a cinema after two hours of film, that is pretty intense. And then you get that moment when sort of like you feel more relaxed, but you don't know what is going to come next. So yeah. it raises even more the tension. So sort of, it's, at least to me, it's not like liberating. You think, all right, okay, all right, this is a, it's a break, so I can just take a breath. No, it's even more intense. The intensity probably of this film, because yeah. I do understand as little as you. And I've got so many questions about it that I would like to have an answer, which I don't have. But it's so intense that um, I think as 
again, as an active experience, it should be seen, uh, from my opinion, it should be seen from, from everybody. Yeah, uh, apart from the fact that you, you, nobody will actually understand what Kubrick wanted to say with that film, but yeah, yeah. And I, I think that the fact it covers such a long amount of time as well, you know, it mm. starts at the beginning of humanity and, you know, mm. you, you sort of, to, to an extent when you're watching the apes or the monkeys or whatever they are, um, mm. you almost forget there's another film after it. Yeah. You know, you, you're waiting for the bit where he throws the, the bone up in the air and you realise you've been watching this film for 25 minutes and... Yeah. This almost has no reflection on the rest of the film, even though obviously it does because it shows how we learn to use weapons and things like that. Yes. And that the monolith essentially gave us the art, the art to move on uh, and, yeah. and improve. Yeah. Um, sorry, this is the most I've talked for for a while. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, I watched it again about three weeks ago and I forgot the effect that it had on me. I wanted to watch it again immediately. And it's it's like fucking 12 hours long. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a long film. <laughs> but I wanted to watch it again immediately and I thought no, I actually can't do that. That's 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 how problems start. Um but you know, it's it was um I, I Did you sorry if we stop you there. Did you did you find yourself, you know, waking up as a child like <laughs> just after you watched it three times and <laughs> yeah just just sit just sit in a little, little bubble naked watching charlotte yeah <laughs> yeah and and i remember that bit and i was just sort of thinking has he died mm. no no he hasn't mm. he's he started again and you know and and then it was like has he turned into a planet what's got on <laughs> and and uh, no i yeah uh, yeah it's your, your best choice so far congratulations thank you, thank you. <laughs> it's worth getting you on now all right yes i made it <laughs> no the only thing i'm concerned about is ross has been so quiet it's unnerving yeah. no 2001 is uh you know I've, I've only ever seen it once and it was a long oh. time ago um, I've actually I've read it more recently. Right. Um, I think I read it about four or five years ago, and I haven't mm -hmm. seen it in about fifteen years, maybe more. So I do I do need to go back and watch it, but it's it's also sort of having to take a week off work to watch it that brings it. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm just trying to think of anything I can remember of note from the book other than Hal Nine Thousand. Um, what are you doing, Ross? <laughs> what are you doing, Russ? It's actually a good, very good impression of how nine thousand. No, there was. Um, I feel very worried about you. <laughs> there, was, um, there, was a, there was a there was a game that was released recently um, on Steam. Mm. I played it during the first lockdown. It was called uh, I think it was called The Observer or something like that. And it was it, it was very two thousand and one Space Odyssey. You know the one where you're in space and the AI is trying to. Something's gone on basically, and you're 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 trying to navigate this ship, but you're also yeah. got to. It's all first person. You got to control this machine that goes through the ship, and you've got to you play the AI, don't you? So no, that's it. The humans are telling you what to do, and as in, you're the you're the onboard AI, and you're talking to them like everything will be okay. Do not worry, I will fix this. <laughs> and you're hacking into your own systems and trying to gain control back of the ship as an onboard AI. And it was very 2001, I thought. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. What, what was that called? I think it's called the um, Observer. Observer. Yeah. Observer. It was. You know, you know that uh, Simon. Simon is going to play the game just with the camera up upright. <laughs> <laughs> right. For, for, the, for those that aren't initiated uh, with this, um, um, for, for a little while we decided to play uh, Star Wars Battlefront, and I've never really played games like that before. And we all had a thing. So I'll be so exciting. We can all play together. It'll be amazing. And Ross kept finding me like stuck in between two rocks. Try, desperately trying to get out and jump out, <laughs> and 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 that's pretty much how they think I play now. Simon's game plan right. was was convincing the entire sort of server that uh, there was a bug in the system. <laughs> Just Simon's inability to use analog. <laughs> I have got better. Thank you very oh, much. You did. I believe you did get a lot better. Yeah. It was just through sheer determination and hours. <laughs> yeah. It's not skill in any way. <laughs> What I was going to say, um, it's, it's, uh, I mean, Kubrick definitely, definitely is makes makes my uh, it's part of my top five because of his um, choices on on the music, the soundtrack. I think is just amazing. And this one point I would like to highlight. Um, I mean, of course, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think today we have a similar kind of experience. At the time, around you know, you know. 1968. <laughs> 1968. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say late 60s. Late. I don't. I don't. I don't actually know why. I've just. Uh, uh, Ross. I Ross. We, Ross. We might need to reboot Frank. <laughs> <laughs> this is. That, that's the. That's the effect. That's the effect of the. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, how can I be more Italian? Uh, yeah. I don't know what Frank just did, but I've shat myself. It's just started raining outside as well. Lightning stuff. Uh, what, what, I, what, what, what I wanted to say is, you know, uh, late 60s, early 70s, around that time. Um, 1968. <laughs> 1968. <laughs> um, many, many Italian directors have um, um, made films that started with a very, um, with nobody talking. And that was a very common thing because they let uh, the music or just the images talk for themselves. And I don't think today we experience something like this. And if we do, we consider that as being very boring. And yeah. I don't really understand why. I think we're missing, we're missing on something. I mean, that's the industry. I do appreciate the industry developed differently. But Kubrick is a perfect example of somebody that is structured the script around the music, which is beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, the music can sometimes um, help you to get the emotion of that's probably something that you can't say with 
words, mm. but can express with music. And I think, um, of course, in the, in the film, it worked brilliantly. It, well, I, th- I think it's it's impossible to to not hear the Blue Danube song without picturing the spaceship going round. Yeah. Immediately, immediately you think of it. Would you would you say that the music will survive over the film? The, the music is more by that, what I mean by that is if you watch the film without any music, you don't necessarily think about the music. But if you listen to the music, you will definitely remember the film. I think yeah. people, if you if, if if you're playing, you know, tell me like song association. Like if you play a song on you, it's yeah. the first thing that comes into your mind, and you played their blue denue. Do you want to be Matt? <laughs> <laughs> Spice up your life. <laughs> Everybody, here we go. <laughs> Yeah, if you were to play that song and you'd say, right, what's the first thing that comes into your head? Do, 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 do. Everyone would go space. That is such a good quiz for us to have at the end of this series. What? First thing that comes into your head? Yeah. Yeah. Well, to... Everyone would go space. People who have yeah. seen 2001 would say space. Yeah. 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 Right. So the soundtrack far yeah. outweighs the film in terms of uh, yeah. legacy and recognition and fame. The soundtrack ten times more than the film. There's, there'll be so many people you could say, "You said 1968. They go, what the "Fuck, you talking about, mate?" But if you play them that song, they go, "Oh, that's a space song." No, what happened is you go, "Do you remember that film 1968?" And they go, "Uh, uh, 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 uh
I, 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 I asked you to come in for a checkup. Why have you got a turd in a box? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just coming to tell you, first of all, but before I tell you about my headaches, I'm very happy with me number two. <laughs> I just wanted to show you. One or two, I can't remember. Um, it is. <laughs> I'll give you just a very straightforward. Clip. Okay. Yep. It is my favorite director of all times. Okay. So I, I think I know who this is, but I'm going to let Simon. Hateful Eight. No, oh, I'm a close though. Uh, the hateful eight. Uh, I thought about it, and no, no, it's definitely not. You've I'm seen fine. that. You've seen that film three thousand times. Um, any, <laughs> anywhere between fifteen and twenty times. I would say. <laughs> but the grand total of that is one two thousand one Space Odyssey viewing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> when was that made, Frank? <laughs> <laughs> The thing is, you're going you're going to release this podcast with just a series of of letters. Oh, wow. <laughs> I normally have to cut the arms out. Now he's got only only every single one staying in tonight. Shaman shit. <laughs> Right, so you, 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 you both. <laughs> How weird would it be if you did that every time you had to think about something? <laughs> <laughs> You imagine, you imagine me standing <laughs> with my bows. All, 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 all I want is a 52 mil UV. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the SWAT team on the outside saying, I think that's the signal. I think we need to go in. Ah. <laughs> 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 Oh, so you you both, <laughs> you both. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh... Simon's gone. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, carry on, carry on. <laughs> well, Frank, is it a Quentin yeah. Tarantino film? It is definitely a Quentin Tarantino film. <clears throat> Inglorious Bastards. Yes, it is. <laughs> after a th- after very, very, very long debate within myself, because you know how much I love Tarantino, and I would, um, I would, you know, I was. Initially, when I looked at my top five, I was going to say, right, it's going to be just Tarantino. But, um, you know, then, you know, I started thinking about it and I didn't want just 
him to be, you know, uh, the main, the main protagonist, basically. Um, and I've debated it between making um, Inglorious Bastards or Pulp Fiction, my number two, because Pulp Fiction would definitely, definitely be, it will always be one of my favorite films, in more particularly uh, of Tarantino. But between the two, I've tried to think of the one film I have enjoyed the most, not only the film that I've watched um, more times than the other, because probably they go on you know, probably on the same same level, um, but the film that I have enjoyed the most. And Inglourious Bastards, for the vibe, for the dialogues, um, is definitely, definitely my number two. And on this, um, I, I, like, I would like to say something. For example, I had such a, a, a strange relationship with this film because the first time I watched it, it probably was when it first came out, which was, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can play it. You can play it. That's something, you know, recorded. <laughs> <laughs> when people are thinking. <laughs> I just need By the way, this is the sound of your, of your brain when it thinks. I just need a big red button on the desk. Anytime anyone has to think, I just slap it. You just go, <laughs> It came out in 2009. Yeah. So I think I watched it around that time, maybe a year later. And at the time... Um, yes, I was into films, but not as much as I am now. Um, so I had a strange relationship with it. So I, I watched it and I didn't like it. And I think because I was missing the point, um, I was trying to understand what the film, what answer the film wanted to give me. Um, so I was approaching the film in the wrong, completely wrong way. So I missed all the points of just enjoying the film as it is, yeah. regardless of the point that Tarantino wants to make. Then I watched it uh, and I left it. I didn't, I, um, I've, I've converted myself, you know, in in, in, in an anti-Inglorious Bastard person. Uh, then I watched it about, I think, probably three, four, five years later. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I, uh, every single thing of the film, the, the way the photography, the way it's directed, every single dialogue, it's, it's just the best. It's so funny. I would watch it every single moment of my life. And I would watch, I would watch it in English though. <clears throat> this is something else I would like to, to say. Um, and I, you know, you know me and you know how much I enjoy watching films in the original language. And particularly with this one, because the the, the scene in the cinema with, uh, you know, Brad Pitt saying buongiorno in Italian. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. <laughs> Do, Domenico Di Cocco. Um, I think... <laughs> I think... Uh, Margariti! <laughs> Margarete. Yes, Margarete. I do one more time. Margarete. Very well, very well. <laughs> um, I think it works perfectly in English. 
And um, I think probably in a nutshell, that's also what um, you can really understand how Tarantino feels about it. And how, you know, the, the, the way he wants his films to approach his public. Um, in Italian, they've tried to um, recreate the same while speaking in Italian, but it doesn't work. No. Um, they've tried to compare two different dialects, one from Sicily, one from Naples, and it doesn't really work. Um, so I, I, I think there's a huge misunderstanding with um, adopting that film into the Italian language. Although I, of course, appreciate, you know, <laughs> well, I, I, that's exactly what is. It's exactly what I was going to ask you, though, because obviously, mm. I think there's maybe only a fifth of the film is in English anyway. Um, you know, the rest of it is one of those films where if they're French, they speak in French. If they're German, they yeah. speak in German. If they're Italian, they speak in Italian. And I, I think it's it's one of the few times where it, it properly works. Yes. Um, and you you don't mind it at all, do you? you you're watching it. And you think, well, you know, I, I'm reading the subtitles, but I'm watching this film, and you sort of think, well, it that's how they would talk. Uh, yes. <laughs> and 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 that that joke, the Marguerite, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> would not work if it was dubbed in in Italian. Yes, it just doesn't work because the joke is they can't speak italian but Correct. he's speaking italian yes um and i he was the third he was the third best speaking italian wasn't he, he, didn't yes, know italian. he was um so so <clears throat> i i think it's it's there are obviously some films that need to be dubbed because you would spend most yeah. of the time watching the subtitles instead of watching the film but i think in regards to this it it, it kind of had to be done that way I watch every I watch everything with subtitles without fail. Even in, like Coronation Street. What everything? I watch everything with subtitles. Me and Fasma both were the same. Watch every, everything has subtitles. Yeah, you have no idea how much of a more enriching experience it is. Use it. The thing is, for me, it came from. So when you watch MasterChef, do you watch MasterChef with subtitles then? Yeah. So you're watching MasterChef in Spanish with English subtitles? <laughs> no, I just watch, whatever it is, it's got subtitles. We always have subtitles I, on. Right, right. All okay. the time. And it came. It, it started when I was when I first started studying film in college, and, and and I'd never seen a film that wasn't English or American. And then he started watching all of you know. We started doing French right. New Wave, and right. we started looking at um, Spanish. We started looking at. We all started watching Pedro Almodovar films. Yeah. And uh, and and obviously you need subtitles, and I, and I found I was like, I got that used to reading subtitles in films because most of the films we were watching were foreign films. That when I didn't have subtitles, I found it a bit odd. So then I started watching every film in subtitles, and then that, that and then I realised I thought fucking hell, I'm actually getting way more out of this because I'm not missing a, a beat. I'm not I'm not missing anything. There's nothing going on said that is not registering because it's like reading a book. Everything's going. <laughs> So, so when you, when you went back and watched all the Marvel films, you watched them with subtitles. Yeah, of course. So what? even if the, it doesn't, it, regardless whether the film is in English or let's say in Italian, you watch it always with subtitles. I don't know how many more ways I can say I watch everything with subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> let me get this. Let me get this right. Let, let's nail this down. 
mean, do you want to go through any more languages and ask if I want? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know why, but I have the feeling. Different topic, different moment, different day. Me and Simon have done exactly the same thing to you when you try to say something like it's very, very clear what the message you want to pass up, but you get to the same question from me. And we, need to throw, we need to throw 10 examples in that all have the same question behind it. So have you, have you watched Ghostbusters with the subtitles in? Every, every, everything I watch, I watch with subtitles. doesn't matter what it is, it has, I use subtitles. Not because I'm hard of hearing, but because I prefer it. Right. For me, it's not, it does it, it is not in any way distracting from what's going on on screen. I don't look at it like, oh, you know, I have to look down to the bottom to read and then look up like that. No, it's just it's it's all part of the experience for me. I'm watching it. I'm watching it. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. It's good. <laughs> Previously, when I tried to watch, uh, pre when I first when my first experience with subtitles on a film, I was just stood there like that. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> 1968. Um, I mean, I, the, the only thing I agree, I agree with you in regards to the fact that it doesn't affect the film. You know, we've said before, I went through a Jackie Chan phase and, and you know, they're all dubbed. Uh, they're all subtitled. Yeah. And, and sometimes even the ones that are dubbed are subtitled because they're dubbed so badly um, and it doesn't affect anything. But I, 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 I I'm just, I, I don't, I, if it, uh, <laughs> It's slowly turning Italian. <laughs> but if if you understand the language that's being spoken, I, I, I'm not sure about the subtitles. That's all. Um, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. It's just I, I, it's it, it's a bit it's a bit odd. I think it's not. It's not. Well, it is. Uh, not a lot of people do it. But, uh, sometimes, once, sometimes once you the value of it. You'll never, you'll never, uh, because the thing is, me and Fatima are exactly the same. In fact, her dad, <laughs> when we were when we were living in in Bolton, obviously, but between houses, when we were between houses, and we were living with the parents in Bolton for a, for a couple of months, and we share accounts on everything. We share Netflix, Amazon, Disney, you know, all, all the streaming services. We share, we share. Um, that that wasn't an advert. We're in no way sponsored by any streaming platform. <laughs> if uh, Disney do want to sponsor us, then you, we're up for it. Yeah, I'm I'm very much agnostic, but Amazon Prime's got some bangers. <laughs> Um, and, 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 and obviously whenever Fatima and I are watching it straight away the first thing we do is we go to the subtitles and switch them on and uh, yeah it was, it was one of them she... every time we were, we were sat with the mum and dad we were picking a film or picking a series and be like, you know trying to find a way to switch them off um, don't you find that um you ask, you ask me if I watch any other type of film or series no 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 because then I want to so um a point because I think this is a very very interesting um, um, topic. Um, don't you find that the subtitles sometimes are a simplified version of the, let's say, for instance, the English speech? Um, so they don't actually match up completely. Only if it's live. You should. If you watch it, yeah. If you're watching broadcast television, it's fucking hilarious because they can. <laughs> They completely misinterpret everything because some cunt sat there typing it as they're saying it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure about this. I'm not saying that this is this isn't true because I know it is. But um, for example, I've, I've I've watched many films in English with English subtitles to try and learn even more the language, to follow along, and 
the subtitles in the speech don't actually match up exactly sometimes. And I find that the subtitles are just a simplified version um, of what the actor in that particular moment is. You're confusing two things here. You're confusing subtitles right. with subtitles for the hearing impaired. No, 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 no. Because if you go if you go to subtitles for hearing impaired, that's exactly what it is. It's simplified version. Oh. What of what you're well, what they're actually saying? I'm not. Uh, how do you feel about that assignment? Do, do you agree with me, or what you think is? It's not an argument. It's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just want to raise the No, I, I I think Ross is right. I think if you're watching a live program, especially you know like something like the news, the news is always about 10, 15 seconds behind, and you know sometimes. They do yeah. get the word right. I mean, it, it, it's not a, a guy typing as, as Ross uh, imagined. It, it, it's like a bot. Very stressed. Yeah. This guy. Nineteen sixty-eight. They're not. They're not going to care about this. <laughs> I don't know what he said. I'm just going to write minge. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, it's, it's, it's dictation. Yeah, so it's an automatic right. thing. So very often, you know, it is quite fun. I, I went through a stage where I, I I thought I was losing my hearing, um, uh, and uh, it was it was damage caused by in here in in here in in ear headphones, earphones. Sorry, um, because I I for years it was you you had the inner ear ones. I was told that that actually that causes damage to you, to your ears. And I, I could never find a pair of headphones that were loud enough for me. So I'd get these, you know, powered headphone earphones that would go in your ear. It'd have a battery to make them louder. I'd have my iPod or Walkman or whatever it was at the time up to full. And it was basically because I'd caused so much damage to my ears with those headphones that I needed louder and louder ones. Use over headphones, use headphones like we've got now, you know, the over ones and turn the volume down for about two weeks. I couldn't hear a single thing for, you know, while my ears got reused to hearing slightly lower volume. And now it feels weird to put the volume up. It would blast my ears. So I went through a stage of watching everything on subtitles like, like Ross does. It's weird, but at the time I, I, I needed it because I couldn't understand anything. So, so I was doing the same. I was watching live stuff like he, like he does. And sometimes it throws all sorts of weird things up. Um, but on a film, generally, no, they, they tend to get it right because they've got a script. Um, so that, yeah. could be that could be typed up a lot easier um, for it. Um, <clears throat> um, I forgot what I wanted to say. <laughs> So Ross, would you watch Blade Runner with subtitles on? No, that, funnily enough, that's the one thing I refuse to watch with subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a shit film with subtitles, Blade Runner. <laughs> the first time I watched it with the subtitles on this is the shittest film I've ever seen. Watched it a second time, took the subs off. One of the best. Things. <laughs>